WKHM's Business Class. Brought to you by the Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley, working towards connecting clients with the future they envision. Contact Casey Sykes or Amanda Kassler at 517-768-7722. The Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley is located at 3101 Spring Arbor Road in Jackson, Michigan. And now, WKHM's Business Class. WKHM Business Class podcast is brought to you by the Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley, Spring Arbor Road for very wise financial counseling. Uh, call Casey Sykes and the group on Spring Arbor Road. We are delighted. A little change up this time. We've had a whole string of business owners. We've got a gentleman now that works in uh, the big business of education. Uh, Mr. Lee Hampton uh, joins us. Chief Diversity Officer at Jackson College. Lee, good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon, Doctor O'Connor. Well, I wish I was a doctor. No, you're you 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 have a PhD in all things Jackson Radio. <laughs> I I would be performing surgery right now, probably on myself. But no, no, no. Uh, this has been an interesting couple weeks for you, uh, Lee. Just to we'll we'll go back, but uh, uh, the big news out at the King Center. Uh, I know exciting for you. Absolutely. Um, Historical, really, Greg. We're super excited about the commitment to the inner city community and the college, the board of trustees led by Trustee Barnes, as well as President Phelan. And uh, the whole administrative team just deeply committed to changing the narrative, offering hope, um, reaching out to the inner city, Jackson, taking the college to the inner city. It just one of the highlights of my entire career. What's been the reaction of the of the community? Well, to a person, um, I was at UPS the other day, and uh, Judy Littlejohn. She went to J High, I mean JC, back in the seventies when it was known as Jackson Community College. She just stopped. She said, "What the college is doing in the inner city at the King Center is just remarkable." And I had. Uh, Jamie White, who is a JPS grad, he's an attorney, mm-hmm. represents the Larry Nasser victims, sure. as well as the Flint water crisis. Yeah. He called me on the phone. He heard about it. Uh, and he just said, Lee, this is historical. What's going on in the inner city Jackson? If I can do anything to be a part of it. So that has been from the suburbs to the inner city, from Main Street to Wall Street, so to speak, the business community. Right. Everyone has been just really, really taken back by the commitment of the college. You think you'll get a uh, buy-in from the community, though? Yes. Yeah, community buy-in has been really, really great. Uh, uh, we're looking forward to offering again in the winter, and we think the numbers are going to just skyrocket. A lot of the students that were there, some lived near it, some didn't. Some just enjoyed to be able to come to the downtown area, a few blocks from downtown, but sure. inner city, to be able to take a course instead of going to all the way out to main campus. So, uh, great, 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 great move by the college. Yeah, that's an exciting uh, move, an exciting partnership, and it uh, might only grow, as we talked about earlier. Absolutely, and we can get to it later in the initiative or the program, but we are partnering to build double the size yeah. of the King Center infrastructure. So this is just, man, one of those bright moments. I believe 20, 30 years from now, we'll look back at this moment and say it was a significant moment in the Jackson history. Well, I, I want to find out about the Hampton family. 
Tell me about the Hampton family. Absolutely. Our family came to Jackson in the mid-1960s. My father was a preacher, and he was working for the state of Michigan in like youth homes in Detroit, and he also owned his own barbershop. But he had called to the ministry, and he began to commute to a small church on High Street. And the churches started growing and growing. And eventually he had to make a decision. So he sold his business, left the state, relocated to Jackson in uh, Christmas of 1967. So he came down, and once he came here, the church just took off with Lavelle Holmes, uh, Billy Norris, uh, Tommy Weathers, uh, Tony. I mean, just so many people started coming and getting saved and, and, and one after another. And before long, man, the Hampton name was synonymous in the community with faith. So my dad came and then my brothers, they were um, one of my brothers. Lyle was the great evil Knievel. He rode motorcycles up and down Summit Street, Michigan Ave, Elm Street. He could ride a motorcycle like on one wheel for like a mile, you know. So people were just lining the streets up when he got home from work. <laughs> so the Hampton family with the motorcycle, and then my brother Frank, he played with uh, for Parkside coach. Let me see. Hold on, I'm gonna test your knowledge. Who was the coach of Parkside basketball? Ben Sierra. Ben Sierra. Dave Sierra was his son. Yeah. So my brother Frank played with uh, Dave oh, Sierra. Probably saw most of Frank's games. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, he was a great player. Yep. 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 So he played there. And then my sisters with Eden Corporation. And then my brother Basil, you know, with the Globetrotters, Slam Dunk Champ, Gus Macker. Yeah. So our family has been a part of the Jackson community. For the last 55, 60 years. And really, really, Jackson is our home. Well, you ended up, uh, Lee, at Central Michigan. Talk Absolutely. About, talk would, about that experience. Because we were both there together for a couple of years. Stan Shingles and Greg O'Connor on the yep. microphone. On the mic. With uh, some of the greatest players in MAC basketball history during that era. Well, Wally Zerbiak. Bonzi Wells, Wells yeah. Antonio Daniels, he was number four pick. Yeah. Earl Boykins, remember short Earl Boykins? Yeah. Fabulous players. Shaq and Mac, Gary Trent. Yep. Devin with the braids. Nate Hoffman. Nate, Nate Hoffman. Nate the Great. So, yeah, I was very proud to play when you're on the mic. That meant a lot to have that Jackson connect. As far as a, probably a trivia question in Michigan sports history, the only player in the history of Michigan athletics to receive a full-ride Division I basketball scholarship, never to play one day of organized basketball. Lee Hampton. Never played in the fifth grade, sixth grade, middle school, Parkside. Never knew a zone offense. Never was taught anything to do with organized basketball. Played like at the playground or rec league. But we had church on Friday nights and it would conflict with our Bible study. So I never played. and uh, But I was able to work out on my own, hone my skills, play with my older brothers, and then play with David Holmes. And uh, How did you get through school and not get dragged into the basketball team or onto it? Well, Because you were a great, uh, fine player, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um I play in gym and I would dominate most of the players. Yeah. Like we had the slam dunk contest for the whole school. And this was me, Ray Weathers, uh, Mark, all of us. I went, I dominated it. Yeah. Almost from the free throw line. You know, I'm dominating. It's like, what in the world? Where's this guy at? We play Lumen Christie tonight. Come yeah. on. You know, so no, it was a great time, man. I played a little rec ball, played pickup, but I was at Lansing Barber College. My father had a theory. 
He said, don't go to college. Get a trade. If you get a trade, you will never be broke. No one can fire you. So I said, okay. So I went to barber school, got my barber's license. While I was there, okay. I would go during lunchtime over to LCC. And we would play pickup after uh, sure. when I got done during lunch. And Mike Ingram was from Jackson, good friends with my brother Frank, same era. So he said, why don't you come out? So I came out and began to play with them in the summer. He offered me a full-ride scholarship or a, or a full scholarship. At LCC. At LCC. He was a coach for L- Lansing Community College. So I came there, started every game of my career. And Central Michigan was looking for a guard wing type player my sophomore year. And uh, Jay Smith was recruiting me really heavily. He was at Michigan at the time with the Fab Five, but he had got the Grand Valley job. So he was recruiting me really heavily from Michigan, but to go with him to Grand Valley. I almost pulled it. And then the coach at uh, Spring Arbor, Doug Knoll. I don't yeah. know if you remember Doug. Are you sure? You remember Doug Knoll? Okay. I know Doug. D- Doug Knoll was recruiting me really heavily, too, to come to Spring Arbor. And that was when Jeremy Patterson, after Tracy Lauder and him were there. So I was contemplating coming back home and playing at Spring Arbor. Do I go to Grand Valley with Jay Launch's career? And Central came at the last hour. And they offered me a full ride scholarship, so end up going up to Central Michigan, playing with them. And that was uh, Leonard Drake, right? Leonard Drake, he played in the seventies. Him and Ben Poquette, yeah, and Kelso, yeah, they had yeah. a really good team. Oh, great team! Couple great. of great teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he recruited me up there, and the rest is history, man. Couple interesting years there. Absolutely, couple <laughs> interesting years. I played with uh, 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 a lot of bus trips in the man. Come on, man! Late night, the northern no. Ohio Northern was it? No, Ohio. Ohio, man, that was a far trip, man. Yeah, that. You remember that one? Oh, that's nasty, man. There's no way, nowhere to. You can't get there from here, right? Exactly. You got Athens, Ohio. Yes, almost Virginia or close yeah, to it. I remember I had to drive home uh, after a game down there, at, you know, to get back here at six o'clock, yeah. pouring rain. Oh, and like you said. At least you guys were sleeping on the bus. I was trying to stay awake. Wow. wow. Driving to Jackson. Wow. Who owns this place? The Golsons? They still own it? Or, yeah. or Jamie, kind of whatever. They need to increase your paycheck. <laughs> you put enough work in. You need to, you, you listen, Kobe Bryant, they paid him like a, or Michael Jordan, one of them, they paid both of them a ridiculous amount of money at the end of their career. And they were like, why are you paying him like 30 million? He's not even the best. They said, we're paying him for what he did in the past. They need to pay you for what you did in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and what your father did. Good idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Come on. But no, after so, that. after, uh, after CMU, how do you how do you end up at uh, Jackson College? After CMU, my brother Basil played with the, uh, one of the Globe Trotter affiliates, Marcus Haynes. He was the one that you see on the video before Curly. He was a dribbler. Yeah. Okay. He had Rex Showboat Jones. Him and Rex Showboat Jones went out on their own, and they took a couple of the Globe Trotter affiliates all over the world. My brother Basil went with them. They called me after Basil was done playing saying, can you go with us on tour? So I went on went with, on a couple of tours, and then I also went with, like, Marathon Oil. They, they have college players that, uh, that their, um, their um, careers are done. They have no more eligibility. Right. But they're not, they don't want to go overseas. They may be finishing a degree or whatever. Like an all-star team. Exactly. Yeah. So them and Shug, uh, Shug, Mel McLaughlin. So we went with, I played with one of the all-star team where I played colleges in the preseason. Then I went with the Globetrotter affiliate for two different tours. Then I ended up giving my life to God. I came home. Once I got saved, I started, um, 
when I was with the Globe. You were saved at that time? No, 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 no. Really? Yeah, we have a different, uh, not different, but a really biblical interpreted uh, experience with God. Meaning that I, it wasn't that I didn't have. I, I was an atheist, but I was not willing to adhere. Surrender my life. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I did believe in the Bible, did believe in God, but I wasn't ready to surrender. And you, the Bible says you can't serve two masters. I was trying to. So I said, no, nah, I'm not even going to play games with it. You know, but I got to the point where I was willing to surrender all. And that was after I came home from one of the tours. I really enjoyed during the daytime, we would go to schools and speak to students about coming to the Coliseum at night. I remember in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I did a little dunk in that exhibit during the day at the school. That night, they all came to the Coliseum, packed it out, uh-huh. the mayor. You know how the Globetrotters do the mayor and sure. all these people. So I really enjoyed speaking to the students. So when I came back home, I went to Jackson High as a substitute teacher. Man, they hired me right on the spot, man, as a long-term sub all year long. And they said, Lee, you got to go get your credential. They love you. The students love you. This class had a lot of behavior issues. This year, no one was sent to the office all year, you know, because I developed relationship with the students. Spring Arbor, they sent me to Spring Arbor to get my credential. Mm-hmm. Spring Harbor stole me. And they said, we have a job right now. Teach your salary. You don't have to go take another class. Will you come work at Spring Arbor? Decided to go work at Spring Arbor. Spring Arbor, I was only there about a year. President Phelan, not many people knows this, but President Phelan calls me into the office, his office, and says, hey, if a position ever opened up on this campus, would you consider joining my team? He had just got there. And uh, I said, no. Nah. Right now, I got a really strong team at Spring Arbor. And they covered me. I was a young professional. They helped me with my reporting, my data collection. So I said, I need to stay where I'm at. Two years later... He called me back because I was already on his campus working in a partnership. He called me back and I just did a big thing with Tony Dungy. So he was like, would you come back? And at that time, I was more mature. I was ready. I took the administrator position and the rest is history. Been here now, man. I think total on campus. I think I'm going into my 18th year. That's cr- wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize you. You look so young, Lee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. You are well-preserved. I got 10 children, man. Come on. I know it. Yes, sir. You're listening to WKHM's Business Class Podcast, brought to you by the Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley. Call 768-7722 today to get connected to the future you envision. You've got a lot of kids. Absolutely. Very blessed. My wife, Melinda, is a rock star. She's amazing. She looks way younger than me. People say, she has 10 children. No, it's good living, man. Uh-huh. No drinking, no smoking, no partying. Just good living. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you started your career at the college, uh, was it scary or were you were you good with it uh, going from Spring Arbor to uh, Jackson College? Well, I say it like this. It was a transition, but I was prepared. You know, I, I was prepared. I saw opportunities. And I was at the point in my life where I wanted to have enough liberty that I could see an opportunity, have enough say to collaborate with other forces in Jackson and let's address this issue. You know, so at that point, Dan Phelan and uh, Cindy Allen at the time I directed reported to her and they said that we have full confidence in you. What was your mission when you went to Jackson College? My mission at Jackson College was to continue the great work that Woody Wilson, Tyrone Wilson, 
Flamingo Brown, Maurice Gossett, Tony Dungy's father, Wilbur Dungy. A lot of these community leaders of color worked at Jackson College, and they blazed their strong trail. Then you had just a general Dick Went. You had Rod Riggs. You had uh, Tom Vayner. You had all these great administrators that had poured the best years of their life making education accessible. At Spring Arbor, only a certain group of students were going there. You know, because the price was a little bit higher. You had to have a certain GPA to get in. Then it was faith-based. But JC, it was like a wider net. You know, I could cast. So that was my real burden. My purpose was to cast that white, the net very wide, reach the inner city, outside the community, to bring everyone in, but to continue the great work of those great leaders before. So was it diversity uh, driven? Yeah, I was chief diversity. I mean, I was director of diversity. Okay. So it was that. But it was recruitment. It was retention of students. It was recruiting the diverse student population or working population. It was community relations, connecting with you all those years, connecting with the community. So it's really community relations, recruitment, retention, programming, MLK dinners, Juneteenth. The things you've seen me do, been a mayor, the White House, you know, all the things you've seen me do the last, you know. A lot of traveling. Oh, man, we've been all over the world, man. I'm very proud of the work because, Greg, some in the community may not know this, but over 100 institutions of higher education have benchmarked the work that we've done. And this is Ivy League to Big Ten to community colleges. They've seen Jackson College is doing something right. And it started with commitment from the top, our board, as well as you know, the resources and in the community. You guys have been behind me from day one. I'd do anything yeah. and you're calling me and I need to send you a paycheck because <laughs> it's not many things. Hey, I'll be rich before I get out of here. Come on, man, because I mean, Greg, honestly. But the college's reputation, Lee, is, has always been strong. This is obviously added to that. Absolutely. Jackson College really operated at a high level and I think the historical geographical divide, you remember we were downtown? You, I'm sure you or it oh, might yeah. been a little before your time, but you remember the story. But I just wanted to make sure that we stay connected to the community at a high level, as we've been doing. But if I could add my piece. You have to, don't you? Absolutely, because it's still that narrative. They're way out there. So we have to be at the chamber breakfasts, and we have to be at the King Center. We have to be at J. I I was at J.I. earlier today mm-hmm. in the lunchroom, walking with the students, sitting there, Mr. Hampton, Mr. Hampton. Yeah. But I just want to make sure that the J.C. we're seeing, we're visible, tangible. We're part. Yeah. So things are going well. Things are going well. I was rec- um, promoted last year. Yeah. First time ever that a person of color in 90 year history of JC made it to the cabinet level where the president has his cabinet and he invited me, you know, to become a chief diversity officer, newly created position and the first person of color in the room, you know, with the uh, other cabinet members. So I'm very, very fortunate standing on the shoulders of giants. And really, uh, let's face it, 18 years ago, there's not a lot of African-Americans being recruited to a big front office job like you acquired at Jackson College. Absolutely. And to be transparent, our numbers were we had in between two to 300 students of color. Right now we have over 1,200. I mean, we've grown like, yeah. I mean, five, ten times, you know. And this is in a, a county, Jackson, where now students of color account for over 20% of our student population, where our service area, Jackson, Lenawee, Hillsdale, is less than 
So I had to do a lot of, in our team in the college, had to do a lot of work to get those numbers up there. And I believe the president saw value in what I brought to the table, as well as my track record of decision making. And So are you happy with what has happened with that increase? Very happy, feel uh, very supported, very humbled, very happy about it. And it just shows, Greg, I was the first person in my family to graduate from college with a four-year degree. Grew up on Chittock Street, the corner of Chittock and Rockwell, one block off of Francis. You know, and it shows through hard work, good parents, you know, perseverance, played every day at the King Center, you know, to now go back down there with four different college degrees, you know, an officer, teaching, you know, it's just a tremendous, tremendous testament of Jackson rallying behind one of its young citizens, myself. Now, you're, uh, Lee, you're maybe the quintessential spokesman for the for the black community in Jackson. One of the voices, you know, you got Charles Anderson, my mentor, who really groomed me, as well as Carl Breeding. I must be honest, Carl Breeding has done a lot to really to help me understand nuances. And my father, you know, Pastor Hampton, you know. So a lot of that generation, have they would take me in rooms with Georgia Fatajic in the back room of a hospital as we're strategizing. How do we bring more uh, 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 physicians of color? How do we retain them? What will they need when they get here? So I'm in a room when these decisions are being made, and I'm just a fly on the wall like, what are they doing? Why am I in in this room but Charles Andrew would say say Lee I'm not going to live forever and we need those that understand these workings that have the respect that handles themselves in such a way that I can call a Greg O'Connor I can call a, uh, uh, any of the mayors for the last 10 years any of our city managers for the last any judge in town right now is probably my cell phone you know any of the police chiefs we all work together as one community and I've been very fortunate to have been invited in those rooms I'm doing the best I can to myself worthy so really now is now is your time isn't it yeah i would say now is our time you know you must of our generation you know now is that moment but it comes a lot of responsibility like for instance these shootings i was in the prosecutor's office last week we're strategizing on a very big unveiling i'll come on your show and do soon and regarding the gun violence you know i'm burying i've buried over maybe 20 of the gun victims in jackson in the last three years you know just this saturday a young man who was a star basketball player for Jackson High, you know, Tayshawn. Yeah. Yeah, he was a, he played against Lumen. And, and Kari Willis calls me from uh, Indianapolis Coast. I'm mentoring a young man, Kari. He said, uh, Lee, man, he was a good guy, really tough, played tough de- defense, you know, went to a party in Lansing, got shot, got killed. So we're trying to strategize. So with the. Uh, respect comes responsibility. So how do we meet with? We met with Elmer Hit last week. We met with um, um, the prosecutor last week. We're strategizing. How do we end gun violence in Jackson? So that's what we're working on right now. Well, that's a uh, tough nut to crack right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to need your help with it. I'm going to come on your show. We're going to unveil, unveil the strategy. So uh, what do you see in the future uh, as, as this is a business show yep. for the college? For the future with the college, uh, Dan Phelan is, is very innovative, you know, so we just finished the mile track. All the, we got to come out there and walk it. It's lit, yeah. nice, scenic, probably one of the best mile walks ever in Jackson. So you can come out there free of charge and just, you know, go for that walk. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're constantly doing things with the prison. You know, we had started the um, African-American Mill Summit. From there, I was working with Matt um, 
not Matt Hines, but uh, Dan Hines at the jail. And once Governor Snyder pulled him up, he called, said, Lee, what we were doing in the jail, let's do in the prison. Mm-hmm. And now we're the number one educator of prison inmates in the United States of America. You know, so there's been some great things and we want to continue that and grow it. But one of the key things is this um, dual enrollment, early college. Yeah. That's, that's taking huge. off. Yeah. It's, it's, I think Jeff Bill said next year, Jackson College will be the number one with the big, will be the biggest high school in Jackson. We'll have more high school students than J High, Northwest, Lumen, Western, uh, East Jackson. We'll have more. We'll be educating more. But that's the new paradigm. The traditional mode of going 10th, 11th, 12th is going to be over. Once you show maturity and once you show competency that you can handle college eligible, if you're in the 10th grade, let's do it. So when you get to that senior and you year, you save money. There you go. There you go. Because the state, the state allocates under 10 grand, but a nice chunk every student. That money can be utilized to get your college paid for. So now with that yep. loan debt, this, this plague in society, we can eliminate at least half of it towards your bachelor's. Talk about your relationship with uh, Dan Phelan. Dan Phelan is one of my career mentors as well as my boss. But he's just a mentor for me and my wife, my children. He knows their names. He gets involved in their life. And he's just been really the epitome of a leader in regards to innovation. I would say that's his his key is seeing something when no one else saw it. Finding the resources to make it happen. Jackson really needs to name a street after him or something, man, because all the infrastructure has been built out there. You get a statue. Come on. There you go, man. Seriously. But no, Dan has been able to pull a lot of, lot of resources from Lansing to our community because he's built relationships with the MCCA as well as the legislative branches. He's, a, he's been a gem and just a great boss. Very well respected. The, Vice President of the United States of America under Obama with Joe Biden. His wife, Jill Biden, is a community college professor. So the community college agenda has been way up high in D.C. Dan Phelan was the president during this time of AACC, American Association of Community Colleges. Right here in Jackson, when he walks into a room on a national stage... And then last week, we got accepted into the Ivy League of Community Colleges. We're one of 20 community colleges that are leading all community colleges in the world in innovation and productivity. So that's Dan Phelan, man. He's been a great, great, great leader for myself as well as the Jackson community. And Sam Barnes is doing great work, too. He's at Commonwealth Associates, but mm-hmm. he's our chair. And he is doing uh, him, Sheila Patterson, Matt Hines, and I mean, Trustee Hines and Trustee Patterson. And uh, uh, I mean, all, each one of them, each one of them, one of them does your show on election night. Trustee Phil Hoffman. Phil Hoffman. Donna Blake. I Legend. Mean, Donna Lake and uh, uh, yeah. uh, CP Federal. John Chris. John Chris. Come on. And Dr. Madtai. He actually tells students at the Center for Family Health, come out here, go see Lee Hampton, enroll in school. So he, uh, each one of the board, man, we got the best board in America. So you're still, uh, you're uh, very positive about Jackson. Very positive, and uh, uh, I believe that Jackson College, because of innovation, with the prison program, with more high school students now coming through us, with JPEG on our campus, along with our 
re- we're doubling down on workforce and manufacturing, and I believe that's going to really give us a boost. So I think with our innovation, the future from a business model of Jackson College is very, very strong and robust. If I was in, if Jackson College was in the market, I put a bunch of chips behind their name. Business Class Podcast with uh, Lee Hampton, Chief Diversity Officer at Jackson College. Lee, great job. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Greg. Thank you for listening to the WKHM Business Class Podcast, brought to you by the Sykes Group at Morgan Stanley.